0: A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to another amazing episode of Growing Dentist podcast show. Today I'm super excited because I have a friend, somebody I've known for a while, and who actually personally coaches me on unique ability teamwork. Her name is Shannon Waller. She is a very, very important person for a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs. She has been with a company called Strategic Coach for ages, uh, I don't know how long. And uh, I'll let Shannon introduce herself to everyone. Hi, Shannon. Shannon Waller, welcome to our show.
0: Thank you, Naren. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Um, And I have been with Strategic Coach since July of 1991, so a long, long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. In today's world, a lot of people don't stick around for more than a year or two.
0: I know, and five years is a long time. So just a little bit by way of introduction, as you mentioned, I I love working with entrepreneurs with Strategic Coach. And one of the things that I learned a few years into my experience with the the Strategic Coach program and our entrepreneurial clients is that one of the things I was really passionate about was how people work together. And our entrepreneurs would come to our Strategic Coach program, and they would attempt to take what they were learning back to their team. And uh, one of two things would happen... (laughs) They would either go really, really well, or you know, they would go and go. They would call me up and say, "Shannon, um, can you please explain this to my team because I'm not doing a good job." And then one other, one other time, I got a phone call from a team member who said, um, "Shannon, what the heck is up with my entrepreneur?" So I kind of got the idea that it would be very useful to have a, a, a team program, something that would be very useful for team members so they could understand what their entrepreneurs were up to, what they were learning, to be on, on board, to be able to learn the same tools and have their own experience of growth as well. So in 1995, I created the Strategic Coach Team Programs, and that is my passion. I love, love, love Unique Ability Teamwork. And so that is kind of my my mission in the world is to expand and facilitate Unique Ability Teamwork to the best of my advantage advantage. advantage, or pardon me, me, to the best of my abilities, to everyone else's advantage. So that's kind of what I've been up to. So I coach, I design, I speak, you know, I'm I'm pretty good on the front stage. I'm not allowed too far backstage, bad things happen. (laughs) So, you know, often where my best use and my unique ability is, is with clients. So that's how I spend most of my time.
1: Absolutely. I'm a big fan of your books and your podcast. Can you tell us you know, if, if one of the listeners, either the dentist or any of the dental team members, want to listen to your podcast, how do they find it, oh, Shannon?
0: Thank you. Uh, so my podcast is called the Team Success Podcast. As you can tell, it's, there's a congruency here. And it's available on iTunes um, or also it's available as, as well as other articles and my books, um, on my website called yourteamsuccess.com, so yourteamsuccess.com. And on that, I have all the podcasts. I also do something called author interviews. So I'm an avid reader, and I love reading other people's books. So when I get the opportunity, I interview them. Uh, and then I've also written a couple of them. So the first book I wrote was called The Team Success Handbook, which is actually a book that I wrote on behalf of entrepreneurs and business owners for their teams to read so I actually explain who entrepreneurs are how they work what's important to them um, to team members so that they can be more successful in an entrepreneurial organization because I find that that's an entrepreneurial organization is a different beast. It's not corporate. It's not bureaucratic. And even though the language of business is the same, it you know it operates a little bit differently. The meanings can be different. So I wrote that handbook for team members and I encourage my clients to please buy one for each of your teams. I've made it really inexpensive for that reason uh, because it really is what we've learned at Coach in terms of what has our own team be successful and also in all my experience of working with our clients' teams. You know, I've really distilled down the twelve essential attitudes that a really successful team member needs to have so lots of experience has gone into that book and then my second one which just came out this year in 2017 is called multiplication by subtraction how to gracefully let go of wrong fit team members and this one's oriented towards obviously team leaders and business owners Um, but i think it's actually and, and the word gracefully is really important to me because i think and we're going to talk a lot about unique ability teamwork today I think one of the things that's really key is that people are in the right place doing the work that's right for them and that's meaningful and that's important and they can bring their best selves to work. And when that doesn't happen, a decision needs to be made. I like it when team members themselves go, oh, I need to find a better home (laughs) for myself. Uh, But sometimes we don't, Make that decision, and someone else has, has to help us make that decision. So I'm I'm really all about pe- teams being the most successful they can possibly be. And unfortunately, one of that aspects, one of those aspects, sometimes is that you have to subtract someone in order to multiply the overall success. Um, so that's what that book's about. And I again, it's important to me. And I heard too many horror stories and too many sad stories about when people stayed on too long or you know, Sometimes team leaders were abusing their positions, and when people got clear on how to make the decision, then they could take action. So this book is really about how to help people get clear. And, but again, it's gracefully you know, let go and, and try lots of other things first to make it a fit, and if you can't, then here's what to do. So those, those are the two books, and I'm, as you can tell, excited about, um, about people really having more confidence in how to build their entrepreneurial team so they can be more successful and have a bigger impact in the world.
1: Absolutely. And um I love your books because they're easy to read. It's like usually in a plane ride like, you know, like an hour or an hour, maybe ninety minutes at the most. It's big pictures, you know, big big letters and big words and, you know, a hundred pages <laughs> of us, right? So it's awesome. It's really, really good for people who want things in a simple format.
0: Well, I'm I'm someone who um, um you know not i I am distractible, but I also really like to get to the essence essence of things really quickly and i Although I love to read, I really appreciate when people get to the point quickly, so I can take action and that's how I've written my books as well, so yes, they're very bottom line, totally to the point, very actionable and hopefully fun. you know I like to I have a sense of humor and I like to share that, so it's done with uh, hopefully a lot of compassion and a lot of humor and still you know, here's how to take action on it. So, yes, it should be easily readable in a plane ride between Toronto and Chicago or or something like that. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, I love your book, Shannon. Thanks a lot for sharing that. And one of the reasons, you know, I started working with you personally and I really appreciate you doing that with me and also, you know, having you here is because I love this concept of unique ability teamwork. I mean, I, I literally love it. I've spent so much of my time over the last year or year and a half doing that, I mean, um, for the listeners uh, who are who are not really familiar, one of the podcasts I just did last, uh, you know, last week was with your sister, who is an mm-hmm. expert in unique ability. And uh, so, anybody who wants to know a little bit more about unique ability, that's an awesome podcast. It's almost more than an hour, and it's amazing because uh, Julia Waller, she's the one I interviewed, and uh, she goes through step by step, you know, what is unique ability and how do you discover it and how do you, you know. Play in it, and how do you get better at it? Not just for you, but even your team members. So today, in my mind, is like part two. We are building on it. We'll maybe just for those who didn't get a chance to listen to Julia's podcast, spend a minute or two just explaining unique ability, and then really let's dive into unique ability teamwork, which is your forte and which is what you've spent you know years and years you know working on. So um, well, why well, don't you? Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about unique ability? What is unique ability? Maybe in a couple of sentences
0: certainly. and I, But even before I define it, Naren, I want to say thank you, because for me, it is such a joy to have our conversations and talk about someone who is as passionate about unique ability and teamwork as I am. So it's an absolute delight working with you. Um, and then with unique ability, the essence of unique ability is doing not only what we're really good at, and most of us want to be at least excellent at, at you know, what we do for a profession and for a living, but it's also when you add that element of passion. So our definition of unique ability is when you do those activities at which you have superior skill, and this is not just your ego talking. Other people say you're really good at it too. You have a passion for it, so you love it. Your eyes light up. And as a result of that, it gives you energy. As opposed to being depleted, at the end of the day, you're actually energized. Physically, I know that I can get tired, but part of my part of my soul or part of my you know being is just very happy doing what I've been doing, and it, it kind of feeds you. And then the last part, and this is some can be a little bit contradictory or, or paradoxical for people is that they can they feel like, well, there's always room for never-ending improvement. You know you can always get better because you have a passion for it. And if that may sound odd until you think about people who are okay at something, they're competent. Technically, they know they can get better, but they have zero capacity or, or energy or interest to get better. So those four things of superior skill, passion, you know, increased energy, so it gives you energy, and you always see room for how you can get better. That's really how we define those things at which you you have a unique ability. Um, By the way, sometimes people ask me, well, what happens if I'm really passionate about something and I'm just not very good at it? I said, well, that's what you call a (laughs) hobby. So you do that in your free time, but you don't necessarily want to make a living at it. And then recently, Dan Sullivan, who really created the concept of unique ability. Added another dimension, which I think is fantastic too. So he defines it into kind of three things, uh, which is one, passion, which is very similar, and that includes superior skill. But it's also where you are a hero to other people. So they love it when you do this for them. You're making a difference. And then the other aspect of that, it has a multiplier impact and again, we'll get into this as we talk more about unique ability teamwork, but this is when you do one thing and it just has this much broader spread. So I know, like for instance, this podcast, we're going to have a conversation. It's going to impact multiple people, you know, as opposed to me just doing an activity at which I'm okay. You know, it's its just not going to have that big an impact. So really to make the maximum use of, of who you are, your talents that you've developed, the ones you've been given and hopefully honed and refined, you know, if you can be a hero to someone if it's if you're passionate about it and really good at it, and it p- provides a multiplier result, again, another lens through which to identify your unique ability. So those are our core and essential definitions, if that's helpful.
1: Absolutely. I love the hero um, definition. I'm, I'm hearing that for the first time, so that's awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, and it yeah. Makes I, I love sense. it. Yeah. yeah, you want people applauding. You want, yes, please, give me more. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, right. so it, it's a – it's because a, unique ability can't exist in a closet. It has to create value for others. It doesn't – it's no good behind closed doors. So it's it's when it creates value for others, and then it gets to expand and grow, and it's great to get paid for, you know, expanding your unique ability. So that hero aspect is really important.
1: Right. I mean, I've sometimes done, you know, after I you know, learned about this and started practicing it, I've had these type of sessions, you know, where I help uh, people get – so my unique ability statement is – You know, I want to create a thousand times more impact over the next 30 years uh, using my ability to see the world differently and giving people clarity, confidence, and courage. Mm. So I've had meetings with people, you know, even my clients, and, um, you know, helping them get clarity around where they are today and where they want to go. And, of course, you know, and I have other kind of meetings. We call them growth meetings where we focus on where they are today and what are the you know the the most impactful things that we can do from a marketing standpoint over mm-hmm. the next three months. And I've had people say things like, "Oh, this is the best meeting I've ever had," or, "You know, this is unbelievable. This is mind blowing stuff." And I I kind of understand what you mean by, you know, this idea of being a hero to somebody. You don't want to just you know hit a single. You want to hit a home run. You want to hit a you, know, you want to just blow you know you know just blow it out of the water. And and the only way you can do that is to do something you love something you uh you're extremely good at and something that hopefully makes a difference which is why you want to be a hero to others. So that makes a mm. ton of sense to me.
0: That's perfect. And your example is great too because it has a multiplier impact. It's a it's a difference between having a conversation where it's kinda like dum de dum, the regular stuff, and then having a conversation that's transformational. And right. and that and then you see things differently. You see yourself differently. You see the future differently. You know that's a great example of your unique ability 'cause that's that's what happens in people's conversations with you, those growth meetings is all of a sudden the future looks different, you know, and that might not have happened if you if you didn't have that passion and that unique ability that you have
1: right exactly and and uh, so it's funny though I mean one of the things I got out of this is that permission to say no to everything else in other words, in order you know what I mean. <laughs> Yes. As a CEO, I thought I have to do this, I have to do that, and all these things. And I think we all have that mindset. So one of the things that Dan did for me is to say, no, you don't. You don't have to do what every other CEO does. You can do what you're good at.
0: I I could not agree more, and, and, that's, and this actually leads into the teamwork portion of it. So for any of us and all of us, by the way, and every single person has a unique ability. It's going to be different, and I actually have learned to totally acknowledge and appreciate and celebrate those differences because for me and for you, Naren, to be able to do what we're unique at, that means we're not doing a bunch of other things. And the things we're not doing, we have categories for that too, it's, it's something we're incompetent at, so that's something when we put in the time and effort and we do not get the results. <laughs> we don't like doing it, bad things happen. Um, for some people, that's changing tires. You know, for someone else, it's paperwork. For someone else, it's giving a speech. You know, it, you know, it could be lots of different types of things. Uh, then there's competent. That's where you're okay. You reach minimum standard, but you're not going to get really that much better at it. It takes a lot of time and effort and investment to get you any better. And it, if you stop, it'll quickly dissipate. And then there's excellent. That's where you have superior skill and no passion. So pretty much, you know, to be able to start focusing on your unique ability, you have to immediately be willing to let go of anything you're incompetent at, which should not be a tough business decision because, frankly, it's whatever you're doing is probably costing you money. It's not bringing you in any. But we have a harder time letting go of those things that we're competent or excellent at. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, for a lot of CEOs, for a lot of um, professionals, you know, you were taught you had to do it. You had expertise you know, expectations, certainly, you know, being trained as a, as a professional, which our audience is, there's things you just think you have to do. And and that's why the unique ability concept is It's going to feel kind of radical. It's going to feel different. It's going to feel even a little bit challenging because you start asking yourself questions you stopped asking a long time ago, which is, why do I have to do this? And that willingness to ask that question and then ask, well, if I'm not going to do it, who could do it as well or better? Than I can that opens up a whole conversation, and there's a whole set of skills by the way that go along with <laughs> successful teamwork, but that means you know you have to look at things that way in order for for any of us to be freed up to do what we're best at and we most love to do. We have to partner with other people who are you know great at those things that we're not, but we have to be willing to ask those questions and have that conversation
1: so this is a great time for us to talk about unique ability teamwork. Can you define mm-hmm. unique ability teamwork and talk about what it is and why it makes sense? And, you know, the other question I'm sure people will be thinking is, what do I care that somebody performs in their unique ability? I'm paying them money. They're supposed to do a job. You know, why do I care that they're, they're only doing the things that they're really, really good at and they really, really love? hmm
0: Two very important and, and excellent questions. So unique ability teamwork is is at its essence teamwork that's based on unique ability. So I'm I'm going to define it what it is. I also want to define it what it's not. So most teamwork that people are familiar with is really, I would call it, the more managerial corporate slash bureaucratic way of looking at things, which is kind of just what you described. So, okay, here's a position. I'm going to fit myself into that. So if I'm a square peg, I'm going to you know, scrape off the edges so I can fit into the round hole. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's a bit of friction as you attempt to fit those two things together. And, and you know, that's one way things happen. And for people who are looking to climb the corporate ladder, they're better equipped than I to be successful in that. Um, you know, so, so that's – it's definitely a model that's out there. But in my experience, the most you can get to – in, in a, an organization that's based on that is excellent. You know, if we talk about incompetent, competent, excellent, and unique, excellent level is the best you can get. And the best organizations, organizations have people who are excellent in each of their roles. But you're not actually tapping into unique ability. You're missing that passion piece. And since, you know, strategic coach is all around working with entrepreneurs who, A, have the freedom, you know, sh- should they choose to take it, that's another conversation, to actually design their businesses and their organizations and their practices around what they love to do and do best, and then also, you know, put put a team together who's brilliantly skilled at everything that they're that they're not or don't want to do. And it looks different, and it feels different, and the results are different. And there's a bunch of authors that have written about this. So if anyone is interested in the research side of it, you know, the one of the big difference between a unique ability teamwork or unique ability organization is the level of engagement. So if you think about it, if you get to work and do what you're really good at versus you get to go to work and do what you not only are really good at but you are passionate about and you love doing and you're freed up from doing those things that you don't, it means you've got much higher level retention, which means you've got less, far fewer costs in terms of turnover and hiring. You get a much higher level of engagement, so Gallup has written extensively about engagement levels. They have a ton of stats about the increased productivity and profitability, which I think the last time I read it was anywhere between ten and twenty percent increased in when you have engaged employees, and part of that a lot of this is actually playing to your strengths and Gallup StrengthsFinder finder is one of the tools we use um, to help people identify and put and put language to what they're unique at, so we're we're quite fond of Gallup for, for all this, the research and statistics that they provide. One of my other favorite authors is uh, Dave Logan, who co-wrote a book called Tribal Leadership. And, and I was so happy when I ran into this book because he described, in my estimation, unique ability to teamwork from a totally different point of view. And he's got five levels of tribe, but level three tribe, the language is, I'm great, you're not. So it's kind of that elbow fighting, you know, working your way up the ladder, squishing people on your way up and hoping you don't meet them on the way down. And, you know, and that's 48% of of, of medical uh, practice in the U.S. It's also 48% of corporate and academia. So that represents, in terms of employment in the U.S., about 48%. There's about 25% of organizations that are not what he calls Stage 3, but Stage 4, which the motto there isn't, I'm great, you're not, but we're great. And the way he describes it, to my mind, is very much around unique ability teamwork. It's that higher level of, of connection, of contribution, of working together. It's a little bit more we, not quite so focused on the I. And those organizations, I think if I remember correctly from the book Tribal Leadership, it's in the order of about 20 to 25% more profitable. Profit is pretty much one of my favorite words in business, you know, along with productivity and teamwork. <laughs> you know, I was really interested in that number, so it has a lot of benefits. It's it's almost like if any. Think of an organism in motion or, you know, some piece of of mechanics where you have eliminated the friction and the drag. And so you just get to move fast. You get to move easily. Things are not difficult. People are happy with what they're doing. It, it, It also shows, to my mind, in customer experience and satisfaction. So if you think about people coming into your practice and they can sense that the the team is happy and the, you know, person who greets them has a a smile on their face that's not forced, they're paid, you know, paid attention to, they're happy to talk to clients as opposed to being, you know, what we call in the backstage or in the back office, you know, if the person looking after them is, is, you know, really attuned to what their personality needs are, you know, then the, the technical expert, you know, gets to come in and do their part, you know, if you're the you know, whatever whatever your specialty is, you get to do it and do what you're best at, and you're and you're kind of protected from doing those things that you find arduous or draining. Then you're a happy camper too. So it's just this ease that comes along with it. So if I I connect a lot to the daily experience of it, but the overall benefits are in terms of you know you just we just see people whose people walk into the environment where people get to play to their strengths and their unique ability and They're like, wow team seems really happy how do you how do you find people like that well i think everyone has that capacity but it's whether or not the environment actually allows them to be their best selves. and that's really what i consider unique ability teamwork to be um and again i want to really stress it's not about just people being happy and you know it's not a light fluffy thing it's incredibly productive and and everyone is freed up to do what they're absolutely best at and again has that multiplier impact so for anyone really looking for Growth, for looking for ease, for looking for reducing costs, for increasing profit, increasing productivity. Definitely look at unique ability teamwork. There, there. It's I love it because, to my mind, it's a maximizer strategy. I love people, not to say that I don't. But my real reason why I love unique ability teamwork so much is I consider it one of the best strategies with which to run an organization of any kind. So I'm always looking for the best strategies, and to my mind, unique ability is teamwork is definitely one of them.
1: Absolutely. I mean, in my experience, there's a lot of reasons I love it. Number one, as you know, all of my team members work from home, so I cannot look over their shoulders and see if they're doing a good job. So if they're in a unique role that they love and they're passionate about and they're really good at, I don't need to manage them. They take Mm -hmm. care of themselves. They keep getting better and better and better and better because you know, if I'm a musician and I love music and I I really enjoy it and I get a thrill from it, nobody has to tell me to practice or keep doing it because I love it. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, and, and who loves managing? Managing is often looking over, as you said, over people's shoulder and making sure they did what you said they were supposed to do. And that's fine, but then there's actually two people involved in one person's work. It doesn't seem all that efficient to me. And, and yet, when you've got unique ability, what what's really required is leadership. And I know you and I talk about this a lot, and you provide fabulous leadership to your team. Here's the direction we're going. Here are the results we need to help our clients produce. You know, here's where we're focused. Here's what we want to do. And then your team goes, great, we're on it. You know, obviously there's more communication than that, but that's essentially what you're doing. You're very clearly out front in leading, which I know for you and for me is a lot more fun than that management. That's just a lot of work.
1: Exactly. And the second reason I love it is because, You know, I have never met a human being who does amazing work when they are miserable. Mm, You know, if you showed me somebody and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take notice, but I've never seen somebody who does unbelievable things when they hate their job or hate what they're doing. So why not focus on making them happy? And for me, the other reason I love this is like, you know, like in the old way of thinking, you know, you work, 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 do something you hate, and then you wait till you're 70, and then you retire, and by the time you have nothing to do, and you die. You know, mm. but why do we need to do that? Why not? We spend most of our time working. I mean, most most of us. Why not love it? So in my case, you know, helping somebody else be happy at work is good for my bottom line, and it's good for them, and it's good for my clients. So it's a win-win-win. You know,
0: I could not agree more. The other thing that's that's you know the old style of of management, which you know, look up Frederick Taylor, and you know, we really tried to make people like machines. You know, this is an industrial age, management is a totally industrial age phenomena uh, in terms of how we used to think about people, and it was how can you automate them? How can you make them as predictable as possible? In fact, that's where our school system was designed, so you could have people that were appropriate to go into factories. Hmm. That's actually not what our world is requiring right now. And if you think about almost anything that can be automated is technology, is is growing exponentially on multiple dimensions, and so, but what that means is, I I I want technology to handle everything it can do because it does it with an error rate that's far better than human, but but that means the human experience I want to have that I have need to be really special, and I and I'm willing to pay to have really good experiences with other humans, as some of my clients would say, and I think that's important, and and I want I we pay a lot already, um, if you think about sports and entertainment, to watch people do their unique ability. We find it incredibly gratifying to be around someone who is superb at what they do and has a passion for it. You know, it's worth a lot in our world. And I think even, you know, you may pay, you know, X dollars for a concert or to go to a sporting event or to go and see a phenomenal play. Um, you know, why can't we all be like that? <laughs> you know, the more we're like machines, quite frankly, the less we get paid. But the more we do something unique, the more valuable that is to other people. And and I think that's our, our world's getting a little more polarized than it ever has before. So really figuring out how are, what is people's unique contribution? How can I take advantage of that in the best possible way? How can they, What contribution can they make? How can I contribute to them? These are the conversations that we need to start having, and people coming in the workforce, you know, in this age, they want to have meaning behind their work. You know, it's not enough to just have a job and a paycheck. They want to know that what they're doing makes a difference, and so I think this has to be more part of our our dialogue and our quote-unquote narrative than it ever has been before. This is an important conversation to be having.
1: Thanks. I agree. You know, in the old days when we created management, there was no machines. Now we have machines to do machines work. You know I'm talking about? Humans, <laughs> Very true. Right? So yes. why do we need humans to be machines, you know? Humans can be humans, you know, creative, you know, cooperative, you know, do wonderful stuff together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the examples, I want to kind of give people a, kind of a taste of this, and one of the examples, uh, uh, maybe I could... Think of as you know dance example. he writes a book every you know every quarter and he only spends a couple of hours or a few hours doing it so you know uh, why don't you describe how he creates unique ability teamwork and how everybody is playing their a game in that example?
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of my examples that I wanted to share so um I'll just give you a brief context of how this came up. So, so Dan Sullivan has been coaching for 40 plus years, and one of the things that that came kind of out recently is that we we just wanted Dan producing a lot what we call intellectual capital. So this is, you know, his knowledge and wisdom and packaged up as, as best we could. So he made a commitment to write a book every quarter. It's one of those smaller books, you know, 100 pages or less, that you can read on a plane flight, you know, between two relatively close cities. And But, but that was a big commitment, and he actually had no idea how he was going to do it. But this is how Dan approaches goal setting. So he immediately started to pull a team together, and we had one of a resource of a client called 90 Minute Books that we started working with, which was great because it got it off the ground and helped. You know, basically you you record, you know, 90 minutes. They they transfer it into a book format, and they actually do. Do great work, but our books ended up needing to be a little bit longer. So about this second book, um, we needed to get a little bit more information from Dan about one of the concepts that he was writing. And I literally walked by uh, the person's desk and I said, "Oh well, I could go in the studio and ask Dan some questions." She said, "Really?" So we did that, and then we had a writer who actually, you know, took the took the transcript and and drafted the book out of it, and Dan would do some final editing. We have a cartoonist that does some awesome diagrams. And so that's kind of how the book evolved. So we've been doing this now, I think we're just done book number nine, <laughs> so I'm I'm interviewing Dan next, next Tuesday on this, and one of the things that emerged as we put together this team, so we've got me, so I go in the studio with Dan and interview him on the concepts that he's outlined that he wants to do for the book, we've got someone who, um, so we get it transcribed externally, we've got our fabulous sound engineer who records everything and makes sure we don't lose it. And then we also – so we have two – first of all, we had one writer, and now we have a writer and an editor. So this is a good example of the difference between excellent and unique ability. So we were – this is probably about six months ago where our writer came – was talking to me, and she goes um, – do you think Dan would be willing to do fewer uh, books this year? And I was like, uh, no, he's made a commitment. She's because I don't know that I can keep doing this. I was like, what? Mayday, mayday. And she goes, I'm, I'm really an editor, but it's so challenging to think about how to write this big book. You know, for her, it was, you know, it's (laughs) a number of pages to write from just a transcript. And, so, I'm just finding it overwhelming. I'm like, you know what? Dan is co- fully committed to unique ability teamwork. And by the way, she did have a solution in mind, which is another writer, happens to be her brother. Um, and he's excellent, by the way. So, she brought him on board. We actually tested him on a few chapters of one of the earlier books. And she presented a problem to him, and Dan is so committed to unique ability teamwork that he's like, great, let's get Adam on the team. So, you know, it, it was, and, it, and I love it because. Carrie has trained Adam, she's trained him in the writing style and in the voice, and Adam loves doing it. She did not it was totally burning her out, but what she loves doing more than anything is editing. So now we have another unique ability team member, so we're actually adding more people, and you might think that makes it more complicated you know for for those people who think that you know practicing medicine would be great if it weren't for all the people. You know, I've heard that before. I've heard people say business would be great if it weren't for the people. You know, this looks a little contradictory, but the bigger our team gets, you know, it's very focused in terms of what we all do. The, the faster our books get produced. So we've got someone doing the scheduling, we've got booking the studio, we've got Willard doing the recording, we've got, you know, we've got Carrie doing the writing, or Adam doing the writing, Carrie doing the editing, and then I do the final author interview with Dan. So it's this system, and and the more each of us has gotten freed up to do what we love to do and are best at, again, the easier and the faster the books have become. You know, Hamish does these great cartoons, and then... and he, Every quarter, was kind of interesting, I didn't know this would happen, because we plan to be doing this, Dan's going to produce 100 books, that's 25 years of, of books, every single quarter we put in place a new unique ability teamwork um, refinement, you know, so one quarter was kind of big, like bringing someone else into the team, but at one point Dan started writing outlines for Carrie, that was really helpful, she stopped giving me questions, for me that was really helpful, I'd rather just, you know, like you and I, just spontaneously, you know, ask questions, and it just kind of evolved, but I I love it. I look forward to it. I can't wait to spend my hours in the studio with Dan because I get to do what I'm best at. He loves it, feels very safe and, and happy with me. We've I've known him for over 25 years, and so we've got lots of experience together. So it's just this very joyful, fun, not hard, productive process that, most importantly, I can imagine doing this 25 years from now. Whereas a lot of projects, people are like, "Oh my gosh, how soon can I get off the carousel?" You know, so so the longevity, the you know, you, you just don't get tired when it's something that gives you energy. So is that does that describe it enough? Is that enough detail or too much?
1: Absolutely. And then one point I want to make uh, is that you know, I honestly think it's not 25% better. I think it's like 300% better. And let me tell you why I feel that. You a classic example uh, is, is a movie, right? I mean, all these crazy strangers who are really good at their piece come together mm-hmm. for three mm-hmm. months, and they make a billion-dollar movie or a $200 million movie, and they're gone. I mean, there's yeah. no way you could do $200 million in business in three months or six months mm-hmm. unless all these amazing different people come together and do this together. So. I think I honestly think if you do it right, it's not like a 25% gain. I think it could be like 300, 400% gain.
0: And I totally agree. And I think you know, if you if you have one unique ability that has a multiplier impact, and then you put them together, they all reinforce one another. So as you said, you get a, a multiple of that. You get a hundred, multiple hundred percent increase. And you know, Dan, it's, I like him hearing hearing him talk about this project because for him, he's like I. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Now I know how I'm going to do it. And, you know, who knows? Some of the players may come in or come out, but we will keep finding different unique abilities, yeah. and the books will keep getting better, and we've added new changes to it, you know. So it just keeps getting richer. We've added so many dimensions to this book. There's now video. There's now, audio, you know, audio. There's all these different factors that weren't there before. Go ahead.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Dan's book. You know, there's a website. There's an audio. There's a video that is... You know, it gets shared by you know to thousands of people, and you know it goes on and on and on. So that maybe he only spent three hours, but all of a sudden that's touching you know five thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand people in a very big, meaningful way. So mm-hmm. where can you spend three hours or I don't know how many hours he spends and get that kind of benefit?
0: Exactly. And think about it. You know, most people writing a book. The idea of writing one book ever is a big deal. And the idea of writing, you know, and most of the time it has to be a really big book. By the way, people are finding that people read small books; they don't necessarily read the big books. So if anyone's thinking about that, that's a good thing to know. And you know, the, so the idea—just imagine the speed. So now we're producing four books a year, where most people produce one every two years. That's eight times more right. productive. And and yet there are more people. But the the parts there's parts of writing a book that are fun. We actually have figured out that talking books is. You know, talking through the book is the way to go and recording it. Um, And that's um, from my next book. Actually, my book and Julia's and a few others on ability Teamwork, that's our next one, is going to be done in almost the same format as Dan's, except I I get to be Dan, which we're looking forward to. Uh, So that's, you know, I'm excited by that. And all of a sudden, when we we just figured this out this week, you know, because my colleague Jane's going to be writing it, it's like, oh, I don't have to write this book. I can just talk this book. And that just, I just had this sense of ease because I can write. I'm, I'm okay at it. I'm somewhere between competent and excellent, but I'm not unique at it. But I can talk. That's, that's not a problem, as you can probably tell. So the idea of just allotting my ideas and having someone else write it and structure it. Oh my gosh! All of a sudden, this project's got a lot more fun and will probably happen a lot faster.
1: Right. Let me kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about a, a dental office and uh, yes. kind of describe. Some examples of how I have seen it work in a dental office. So, um, typically, you know, in a dental office, there is a person who's answering the phone. Uh, that person's job, in most of the time, of course, each dental office is slightly different, is make the new patient feel welcome. Even mm-hmm. the voice, you know, um, you know, the happy voice, the excited voice, <laughs> because you know, when somebody's calling, and they have done a lot of research, and that's kind of what I do with marketing they're kind of a bit anxious. They are hoping that, you know, this is what they thought it's going to be. You know, they read the reviews, they went to the website. So that first impression means a lot. Now, let's face it, I'm not a great person in answering phone calls. I'm, you know, a bottom line person. and So if I'm answering the phone calls, I cannot have that happy, smiley face all day long. But there are some people who love people. They just love being on that phone and making people feel like their best friend. So... Mm-hmm. Why not let somebody who's really good at it do that? Because that we, I mean, doctors spend thousands of dollars, you know, making the phone ring. And if you don't have the right person to make that first impression count, you know, all of those thousand dollars are being wasted. And not only that, this person who had one expectation, reading the reviews and looking at stuff online, now makes that first phone call, and all of a sudden they get a different experience. And now not only do they, do they get disappointed and they don't come through, but they might actually end up in, in writing something saying this, this office is rude, and what I thought it was, and so forth, and so forth. So it creates all kinds of issues. Now, the phone is answered, the person is so excited, they are looking forward to coming in. They come in, you know, in a lot of times, you know, a lot of dental offices have a, you know, dental assistant or somebody who is like a patient care coordinator, and that person sits down with them and talks to them, and, and I'm talking, describing an amazing office, right? You know, finds out what the patient is looking for. You know, like one of the questions uh, I, like Dan, uh, you know, talked about is, if you and I are talking in three years, what should happen to your smile? Of course, I modified, you know, I mean,
0: took Mm, Dan's idea and
1: kind of customized it. What should happen to your smile or, uh, you know, or, or your oral health for you to be happy? Now, a dentist doesn't have to have the entire conversation. Somebody else can have that conversation. Somebody else can take notes. And, um, you know, and some people are good at it, and especially a great dental assistant, you know, she can really make this person feel at home and and make them feel like a VIP. You know, and then you have a dentist who, who has gone for so many years of training, and many of my clients, you know, not only do they go to dental school, but they take on more and more and more training, you know, they get specialized and specialized and specialized. So having an amazing assistant who makes this person feel welcome and at home, and then Getting everything ready, so when the dentist walks in, you know things are ready. I mean that's amazing, right and then you have a hygienist, and again, great hygienists are great people are engaging the patients, making them keep coming back and keep coming back and keeping a great oral health right and then of course, when any any kind of early signs are there about potential problems, they are the other ones who are identifying and sharing with the doctor, so it's almost like, yeah, I know in some offices. Uh, dentists do hygiene work or they have you know um, people answering the phone who really don't want to be there and you know they're just doing it for the sake of doing it and I compare that to this amazing office where everybody's doing what they love everybody is in their zone and they just like it's like it's like a movie movie uh, you know production where right? they all come together and do magic um, that's, yeah, that's such like a
0: great to- example hmm
1: yeah and I think, I think it's kind of interesting, though. We we live in a time in an age where, you know, you have two choices: either you become cheaper and faster, and cheaper and faster, which is kind of like corporate dentistry or corporate medicine. And the problem is, if you are in a private practice, it's really hard to do that and compete with the big boys because you know they they can buy more and hire more, so they'll always be cheaper and faster. So the only game you have is. Realizing that the other person on the other side is a human being and providing them this amazing experience. And that comes from, you know, amazing teamwork where each person who's so good at their piece, working with the other person who's so good at their piece and just doing magic.
0: Well, I I love that example. And I can just picture walking into that office because as a patient, you're going to feel so well taken care of. You're going to be received by each person. You know, they're going to be happy. They're going to be excited. They're incredibly good at what they do because, again, that's that's the that's the basic requirement. But they're also happy to be doing the work that they're doing with you. You know, so just being on the receiving end of that kind of teamwork is very attractive. And, and you're willing to travel an extra distance or you're willing to pay whatever you need to to have that experience, especially with, you know, an, an element of medicine that some people are scared of and or are feel very sort of timid about, so I think it's it's incredibly important, especially when you do have, as you said, the person who might be a little bit anxious, to make sure you have the right person in the right place, you know fulfilling that role. And 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 you, and you just some of us are just better suited for other things. I love how you talked about the fact that you shouldn't necessarily be the one answering the phone. <laughs> you know, you might be the person who gets to the bottom of the, of the matter, um, but you know, you want the right person in that role, and you also know that you may not want that person in the back office taking care of all the administrative. and administration and the insurance forms. You know, that for that person, you want someone who's super focused on the numbers, who's got amazing follow-through, who's tenacious. You know, they may not be your front desk person, but they're a brilliant back office person. And, and really finding, taking the extra effort, and you know, we like to use profiles for that, to find out what makes someone happy and where are they best suited and where can they make the best contribution, and then playing to that strength. It just makes everyone's lives a lot easier and is you know, you've talked about the experience. The experience is that much richer for everyone who gets to participate in it.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is when each one of these team members are doing what they love and they're really good at, you know, nobody has to manage them. Nobody has to like, hey, well, you know, you need to smile more. Or, you know, this person loves to smile. You know, you don't need to tell them to smile. You know what I mean? So uh, it becomes fun and it becomes, you know, interesting. You know, so, and I think patients feel it. Patients feel that, you know, a happy place from a, you know, miserable place. You know, they can, they, I mean, they're not stupid. I mean, they you know, yeah. uh, they pay attention and um, they notice these things. And in today's world, and they talk about it. So they'll say, this is the, mm, I, I had this amazing experience. And they put it on their Facebook or they, they write a review for you and do wonderful and things. We're... They kind of have this multiply effect, you know, like getting so good at, you know, providing that amazing experience that's so unique to you creates this unbelievable, you know, I know because we generate half a million phone calls a year for our clients, and and some clients are, thank you. I mean, some clients are really good at, uh, you know, providing that amazing experience and really, really, like you said, being a hero to their customers. And again, there's no right formula. So some people are heroes to moms with teenage kids. Some clients (laughs) are heroes to, you know, uh, an elderly person who wants uh, this amazing denture in a day. So it doesn't matter who you are here or to or how you are doing it. What matters is how do you provide that experience? And I feel the critical success factor is, is that unique ability teamwork where every person does what they're amazing at and then does it together.
0: I want to share an experience. Actually, this is with my fabulous co- um, colleague Nicole, and one of her dentist's office actually came in. So basically, she was invited in for an introductory visit, and they gave her a personality profile. And so they wanted to know who, how who she was. And so it was, and basically it was it was DISC. So DISC stands for it measures how people are, whether or not they're task or people focused, and whether or not they're fast or even paced. Um, so if you've got the if you've got the outgoing, fast-paced, task-focused person, they're called D for dominant drivers, and they they're going to want want to get in and get out. Bottom line it, tell me what to do. Okay, good. Think of your entrepreneur or business person quite often, executive. Then you've got your eyes, people who are influencing and enthusiastic and really respond to that kind of, you know, being inspired about what they what they could look like. Then you've got the people who are steadfast supportive, so reserved and, and people-focused rather than outgoing. And they're the ones who are you really want to spend some time with. You want to reassure them that everything's fine, create relationship with them. And then you've got your cautious people who are reserved and people, pardon me, reserved and task-focused, and they you know, really walk through through step-by-step step what's going to happen, make sure that they have time to think about it. And so they did the profile with Nicole, and then they matched her up with a dental team who would be a right fit for her personality. And and she raves about it. That's how I know about the story. <laughs> you know, She referred them. She talked about them. She was so impressed with how they do business. And it, I thought it was quite innovative because I haven't heard of any other dental practice doing that. Um, but very impressive that they really took care to match the, you know, the, the that they had with the team to make sure that it would be, in fact, be a good experience. So that's that to me is a it allowed for unique ability teamwork that really benefited the the patient. And again, just to go back to that multiplier effect, you multiplier effect that you mentioned, you know. Nicole referred. I don't know how many people had told how many people about her amazing experience with her with her dental office. So that kind of example to me, when people are conscious of this aspect of thing and really work to match people together, I think is another another cool aspect of unique ability teamwork. It's teamwork with the patient, not just even on your own team.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I know we can talk about this for like hours and hours. Um, <laughs> And um, I was wondering, is there any other thoughts you have? And, and also, I know you mentioned your, your podcast, but I want to kind of repeat it again so people can easily grab it because you have, like, tons and tons and tons of episodes. I've listened to many of them. So uh, Thank you. for those who really want to learn more about this, you know, uh, they have lots of places they can go and learn. It's all free. So.
0: Great. Well, on iTunes, it's called the Team Success Podcast. And, and just so everyone knows the format, I mean, when I ha- I have a particular thought, and usually it's 12 to 15 minutes, so I'll like, say, have you thought about this? And we'll go through kind of a what, why, and how you can take action on it. And then I get some of the longer ones or interviews with people who've done some neat stuff with teamwork or with regard to, you know, having written a great book. So Team Success Podcast is, is where you can find that. It's also at com, And I think, the, just in terms of closing comments, is I, I just – I want to encourage everyone to really believe that you can do this for yourself, you know, and not just be stuck with sometimes what you were trained in or thinking, okay, well, I have a hygienist, they they, I'm filling that slot, and then I've got a front desk person, and then they're going to fill that slot, and I've got, you know, my back office person, and they're going to do that. And you don't just look for someone with the right resume or the right curriculum vitae, but you look for someone who is really suited for it and has a passion for it and is going to bring something extra to that role. and just I just want everyone to believe that that's actually a possibility, because and that you could get freed up from doing what you don't want to do, you know, and and so you can have more fun. How great to be freed up from, I don't know if it's paperwork or some of the more technical things or the less technical aspects of your work. You know, I think when you can start to actually, the biggest issue we have with the complete teamwork is people don't have the mindset that it's even possible. So if you can start to include that in your mindset, then all of a sudden, all sorts of possibilities open up that you haven't seen before. Um, and then, as I said, there's some skills that go along with unique teamwork because it's really about that partnership and how you pass the baton so it doesn't get dropped. I think of you know, unique ability teamwork as a bit like a relay race. And, two rules. One is have the right player in the right place in the race. Second, do not drop the baton. So how you do those handoffs, and, and those are the kind of things I talk about in the Team Success Podcast. So I'm, I'm just, I'm so passionate because I think, as you've been talking about, Naren, when people can experience it, it requires so much less management, so much more of a multiplier, and, and frankly, it's just more fun and creates a much better better experience for your business, which means that you're also going to be much more productive and much more profitable as a result.
1: know I'm glad you mentioned the last point you mentioned uh, like you know like typically people have this defined role and they think you have to do all the seven things in that defined role and one of the freedoms I got is that no you don't like so for example I've heard somebody talk about this uh, exact example like uh, certain like this one dentist he gets really uncomfortable talking about money but mm-hmm. he thought he had to do it because he was the dentist. But then there's somebody mm-hmm. else in his team. They love talking about money and love creating the value for the patient. So yes. before this aha moment, he was trying to do it all and not doing a good job. And only 50% <laughs> of the patients were accepting treatment. And then he flipped it. This person does what he she's good at and he does what he's good at and it's magic. Now they're closing 90% of their, you know.
0: Uh, I, l- I love that story. I worked with a, a actually a team of three brothers on uniqueability. This is what I, I was. They hired me to to work with them on that. And one of the brothers turned out what he loved was actually building the business of their practice, and he was he was very entrepreneurial. But they had another brother who who actually on our Colby profile, which is if anyone wants to check this out, it's k o l b e dot com. Naren can tell you lots about Colby. Um, and, and what he measured was really a, a lot of mental energy in what's called implementer, which is physically using your hands and using tools, which obviously you do in your profession. And he said, You know, I said, Well, how was he in, in school, in medical school? And they said, Well, he kind of struggled with some of the book stuff, but when it got into the practicum, he, is, he's, he was textbook. He was incredible. And, and, and I was talking to him because I was been talking to his two brothers, both of which by the way preferred to do the business building. He he said, I said, How do you feel about dentistry? He says, I just love teeth. <laughs> That's all he wanted to do. He, just, he was fascinated by people's mouths. He was so into how he could make them better for people. And, you know, you just want I, I mean, he's, he's whose hands I want in my mouth. Do, do you know what I mean? So it was so interesting because they had very different approaches. And, and the other two actually were, frankly, kind of interested in doing less dentistry. He just wanted to do more. He wanted to be in there with the patients. And I love that. And, and that's how they end up structuring their team was to maximize his ability to be with patients. Um, and he did brilliant brilliant work and more complex the better so you know that's that's a great way to play to your strengths even within a family um, of dentists which was kind of fun
1: that's an excellent example and uh, thank you very much Shannon. i really really enjoyed our chat today and i i wish we had more time but uh, i really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time and uh once again everyone thank you for listening to this uh, amazing episode of growing dentist podcast show with shannon waller mm-hmm. And uh, that website again, Shannon, before I forget.
0: Thank you, Naren. Yourteamsuccess.com or Team Success Podcast on iTunes.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Shannon.
0: Thank you so much, Naren. It's been a total pleasure.